Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bosch. The number of clean diesel models in North America will double by 2014. Bosch Clean Diesel. Good. Clean. Fun. Bridgestone. Your journey. Our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems. Improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Well, here we are at the start of a brand new week of AutoLine Dailies. It's May 7th. I'm John McElroy, and here's the news. And it's very good news for Toyota. A judge dismissed class action claims in Florida and New York that unintended acceleration problems hurt the resale value of their Toyotas. He said they cannot sue the company for economic loss if they did not experience an actual event or if they didn't lose much when trying to sell their car. But the ruling does not affect claims in other states or those who say they were injured in accidents. And from unintended acceleration, we now go to absolutely deliberate intended acceleration. Chevy engineers ran an 11.93 second, 116 mile an hour quarter mile run with the showroom stock Camaro ZL1 with an automatic. With a manual, it blasted down the 1320 in 11.96 seconds at 117 miles an hour. Zero to 60 takes only four seconds, while the top speed is 184 miles an hour. Keep in mind, this car is completely stock, right down to its street tires. You know, as the old saying goes, speed costs money, how fast do you want to go? Well, the ZL1 stickers for about $55,000, including destination and delivery charges. Speaking of fast, Formula One cars are insanely fast, cost mega dollars to make, and put their drivers through intense challenges like how they have to contort themselves into the cockpit. Look at Mercedes driver Nico Rosberg demonstrating the seating position. I knew they sat low to the ground, but I had no idea they're practically lying down. You know, it's amazing that those guys spend two hours going as fast as they can lying down like that. Okay, now for a quick update on car sales around the world. Despite Europe's economic problems, car sales in the United Kingdom eked out a 1% gain last month, and that's very encouraging. It's a counter-cyclical sign. But it's a different story in South America. Sales of passenger vehicles and trucks fell 1.4% in March. That's mostly due to slowing sales in Brazil, which accounts for two-thirds of South America's volume. Sales there have declined for three straight months, and that's a very dangerous sign because Brazil has really helped out global sales growth. And the same goes for South Korea. Sales there dropped nearly 9% in March, and that especially hurts Hyundai, which has 43% market share in South Korea. Ford and Honda are doing something very different in China. They are selling outdated versions of certain models to keep the prices low. Ford just launched the Focus Classic, which is actually the previous model of the Focus, and that's going to start at around $16,000. Honda is selling the 8th generation Civic through its Dongfeng partner. Typically, automakers hate doing this because it hurts the residual value of the new models. So we're going to have to watch how long Ford and Honda keep up this practice. 
For a week now, we've been presenting you with the top officers at General Motors who are clearly in a position to replace current CEO Dan Ackerson when he retires, presumably in a couple of years. Today, we're going to look at the last of those candidates and one of the most interesting ones. Dan Ammon, who is only 40 years old, is the youngest member of GM's senior management team. A native of New Zealand, he spent his entire career outside of the automotive business until he joined GM in 2010. He was the managing director and head of industrial investment banking for Morgan Stanley, which was also the alma mater of GM's vice chairman, Steve Gursky. Ammon especially specialized in mergers, acquisitions, and restructuring, experience that will serve him well since he now serves on Opal's advisory board. Despite his financial background, Ammon is also considered a car enthusiast. A year ago, we also reported that he owns a 1961 Cadillac convertible, and at that time at least, commuted to work in a Cadillac CTSV wagon. Ammon is currently GM's chief financial officer, and tomorrow I'll let you know who I think might get that top job. Coming up next, a clever new design for an electric motor that could get around China's chokehold on those all-important rare earth metals. Clean diesel models in North America will double by 2014. Why? Higher take rates, lower cost of ownership, longer range and better fuel mileage, lower CO2 emissions. Clean diesel, good, economical, functional. Bosch, invented for life. China dominates the rare earth metal market and has started limiting exports of this critical raw material. Rare earths are needed to make magnets that are used in electric motors for hybrids and electric vehicles. Those export limits caused the price of rare earth metals to soar and forced automakers to find alternatives. That's why the Copper Alliance says automakers should use copper rotor induction motors instead of permanent magnet motors. We now have a situation where getting the uh, rare earth materials for the permanent magnet motors is becoming increasingly difficult, both due to supply and demand. The induction motor beats the permanent magnet motor on cost. ACP President Paul Carosa describes other benefits of the induction motor. Many years ago, we moved towards uh, a copper rotor for the increased efficiency and uh, higher power density. To compare with the permanent magnet motor, one obvious advantage of the induction motor is a lower cost of materials because it doesn't rely on rare earth magnets. We realize that even though the copper is more expensive than aluminum, the end result from a systems point was that we were building a cheaper motor. We had a more cost-effective solution. Fukuda has collaborated with Tesla Motors on the development of the copper rotor induction motor for the electric roadster. Our current data shows that compared with aluminum rotors, using copper rotors decreases the motor's size and weight by 20% or more. When we compare copper rotor motors with permanent magnet motors and automobile applications, the results show the following. At high RPMs and high output, the copper rotor motors perform better than the permanent magnet motors. Interestingly, the average car in North America uses about 50 to 55 pounds of copper, but in hybrid and electric cars, that number more than triples to between 150 and 180 pounds, but it sure is good to see that the auto industry has alternatives it can turn to. 
say we're giving away a number of copies of Paul Ingrassia's new book, Engines of Change, which highlights some of the most historically important automobiles ever created. All you have to do to enter the contest is send your name in and send it to contest at autolinedetroit.tv. The winners will be selected at random and announced on Autoline After Hours. And that wraps up today's report. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.